listening to The Itch, and this is Rock Matters. My name is Dan. I'm KC. And I'm Aaron. And here we are for episode four. Gotta do something while we're quarantined. It seems like it's gonna be less, you know, forever. Granted, most of our state is open, but I don't trust them. (laughs) Yep, I haven't really gone anywhere myself, other than work. If you guys want to stay safe and stay indoors recording podcast episodes, I'm more than happy to work with you on that. That's... (laughs) That's fine by me. <laughs> My state has a longer term plan for reopening than you guys does. So it could be uh, who knows. I have no, I don't know what to expect. <laughs> Our state's a free for all. <laughs> I, I went out yesterday uh, to once to get gas and uh, to the toy store to pick up a Funko pop. Uh, but <laughs> as you know, that's very important in life, but no, just driving around. You, you'd be amazed at how many people were out and about shopping and, and just, you know, carrying on a, their normal daily lives, which is fine if that's what they want to do. But that's not how I'm going to live. I'm still going to live like, you know, everybody's out there that's infected and treat everybody that they've got the disease. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly my favorite thing is the people that have a mask, but then they wear it around their neck or put it on their forehead. Hey, man, sometimes those things make you look real cool. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I've been wanting to get myself a Winter Soldier mask. I'm like, how come we're not all dressed as the Winter Soldier right now? This is... Or Mortal Kombat. Yeah, this is the perfect time to look like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. (laughs) Why are we not all dressed as ninjas? (laughs) There's a lot of fashion missing out right now that we could be taking advantage of. So funny thing about masks, uh, I follow Nothing More, the band Nothing More. Yes. And they worked with the company to make a bunch of nothing more masks and sold a whole bunch of them to their fans and stuff. Come to find out that these nothing more masks were awful. They didn't even work. And uh, (laughs) so they actually issued a huge apology to all their fans and then gave them all refunds and said that they were going to be working with a different manufacturer to make some real masks. So I, I thought that was nice on their part, but I thought it was also kind of funny that they, that they didn't work funny, but, (laughs) <laughs> well, they got duped, technically. I mean, they literally got they got had. I was waiting to see if Casey was going to make a pun about nothing more and, and the effectiveness of the mask. I feel like there's something in there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. Does the mask keep nothing more than the virus from getting through? I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing more to talk about. <laughs> Hopefully you do, because you were the one... Dan came in hot on this what? one. He said you've got a subject that we need to discuss post Yeah, sorry. No, I got nothing more to talk about that subject, I guess. But, oh, that, uh, that's more than fine. I think we covered it. Real quick, I was going to say, uh, I did end up getting a t-shirt from them called the uh, Stay at Home Tour 2020. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> literally, it has a date. and you know, It just says Stay at Home. This is like April, May. Stay at home. Stay at home. Stay at home. <laughs> I wasn't there. Exactly. <laughs> So I I am quite excited about my nothing more stay at home tour 2020 shirt. See, I I appreciate bands that are finding ways to uh, still get themselves a little bit of income right now with that kind of thing. When you're if you can be clever about it, then then I respect that. And so good job. Nothing more. They've been posting a lot, you know, and keeping in touch and, and kind of doing the th- the same thing that all artists are doing with their quarantine visits from home. Have they done any uh, performances like acoustic or like a from their own homes kind of merge together thing you know the one time that i thought they were going to it just ended up being a chat session with another uh lead singer of another band uh i've noticed that's another thing that a lot of people are doing like the musicians are just like talking with each other and creating shows or videos out of it which i guess is cool 
it's something. They got Zoom meetings galore. It's, yeah, that's <laughs> that's boring. Who wants to listen to a whole bunch of people talk? Oh man, <laughs> someone. <laughs> oh, sorry, I couldn't help myself. Ah, uh, it was a it was an easy one. Yes, but speaking of uh, people listening to us talk, I've actually gotten really good feedback so far. Um, one of the things is that we caused a discussion between brothers about Chevelle albums. In fact, your comment Ooh. about Venus Sarah drew up a discussion because it was actually one of the brothers' favorite albums, and you basically kind of chat on it. Um, hey, <laughs> to be clear, I'm just <laughs> to be to be clear. What I said was it didn't feel like as cohesive an album as the album after it. Venus Sarah has a bunch of six songs on it. It is not a bad album. Well, and that's what I said. I, you know, I had to defend you because I was like, yeah, well, Chevelle's favorite <laughs> band because uh, he was I guess, basically mad that or not necessarily mad, but he was just discussing the fact that you blasted Venus Sarah and, and like made it sound like you didn't like the album at all. And I was I like, do. no, that's actually one of his, you know, it's his favorite band. I, I guarantee he likes the album, just not as much as the other Chevelle albums. But it's it's just really cool to know that we're driving music discussions with this podcast. and We've only put out two episodes. Uh, that's what I want. If we're talking about music, we're trying to keep it about music and the ideas that other people are inspired to also continue those discussions. So if we, if you read our footnotes, it says something about moderately heated debates. So I guess we could cause one with some of your listeners that you came in touch with there. I'm very appreciative to those who have come out in support for listening, for liking um, anything in the last week. As Casey pointed out the other day, for uh, the person who left the fantastic Apple Music review that gave us five stars and the quote, good. <laughs> um, I just want to say that you also are good and we appreciate you for that. <laughs> so whoever that was, I just, I really respect the amount of time and dedication they gave it to that thorough review. <laughs> A five star good. That's what I want. That's what I'm going to start leaving on all my favorite podcasts because I, I, I listen to a lot of stuff, guys. And they need to know that they are good. So <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll debate more about Chevelle another time because I could talk about them quite a bit. They are indeed one of my favorites. And as a side note, one of the only bands that has remained one of my favorites from the high school period to today. Most of those bands have severely dropped off the radar by now. Well, and I also thought it was funny because, you know, in a podcast, you would think that people are getting to know you and your point of views. I thought it was funny that I had to that I had to defend your love for Chevelle. <laughs> I mean, you don't if they, they can feel how they feel. But but I appreciate it. It's camaraderie right there. So let me ask you, like, what is the hope that you guys have for this podcast? Because, you know, like like we said earlier, I would love for it to drive music discussions because it's not the same type of medium that we have with radio you know, with the radio, our intentions is to play music and to try to get music out there with this. We don't have that luxury. We can't directly play music, but I would like to think that this is a medium that lends itself to still inspiring people to check out things they might not otherwise have checked out or perhaps people to hear perspectives on things like the albums that we review. Maybe somebody just listened to that same one and they don't have a whole lot of friends who are into that same genre and they're like, I need somebody to talk to about this. And well, we're kind of here for you for that. That's an option there. I think using the podcast medium just kind of gives us more to talk about specific things. And being that Aaron is in Chicago, it gives you more of a platform to be a part of the show on a regular basis type of thing. 
which that's reason enough because now I feel like a full-time part of the itch again, which is great because I've been such a part-timer for a while. I know we can no longer yeah. refer to you as the St. Louis trader. I know. <laughs> Although, to be honest, since you've left, we've won two championships and two different teams, so <laughs> good riddance. <laughs> hey, hey. I mean, I wasn't pulling for this to happen, but I came up here, and then a couple years later, the Cubs broke their drought streak, so... I think I might may have bring some luck with me as well, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I was there in 2011 for the for the Cardinals, I mean. Oh, okay. Okay. I was there I in 2011. Left. And then but I did I wasn't there for the Blues, but I did celebrate with y'all from from afar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it took me a long time because I don't follow hockey very much. It was like 6 months later I was sitting there and I was like, "Huh? You know, that's really cool that the Blues won the Stanley Cup." <laughs> Are you whoa, whoa. I don't know if we can be friends anymore. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Six months later? Okay, I lied. It was actually closer to a year later. <laughs> <laughs> You're still a St. Louis trader. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> Did you guys have more, you know, rationale on what you're hoping out of this? I'm hoping for uh, to to build community over time where there actually are the conversations aren't just happening in people's homes, but also within our channels where we can engage with people, whether it's on, you know, on Facebook or what, and they can engage with each other. So if, if we post an episode that mentions a Chevelle album and you have a differing opinion, let us know and we'll, we'll talk about it there. It's something that is fun to do to me is, for me is to discuss music with people, even strangers here and there. That's fine. I also look forward to the podcast kind of building some credibility for us on our radio station. You know, we've been doing that for 16 years, but and we mention that every episode. Yeah, well, nobody better forget. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we put a lot of work and effort into that. I better mention it's 16 years every time. <laughs> True enough. So building credibility, I, I would agree with that as well. Yeah, I would like to uh, to utilize the podcast to build credibility for the radio show in the sense that people actually understand we know what we're talking about. We know our music and that if they like rock music, they know that they can listen to our radio show and they're going to hear not only music that they love and are used to hearing or, or don't maybe get to hear very often, but uh, you know, music that they might not have ever heard on the radio or anywhere else, you know, besides our radio show. And that's that's the only reason why we've that's the main reason why we've kept going as long as we have with the radio show. That's one reason why I, I want this podcast to be more focused on the discussion to drive discussion about music, because that way, you know, when our show continues, we have something completely different on the radio as opposed to our podcast. They're two completely different beasts, basically. Yep. Totally on board with that. So this week's flavor of the week is the brand new album from AWOL Nation, their fourth album. It's called Angel Miners and the Lightning Riders. First off, does anyone have prepared maybe a short band bio to uh, introduce anybody to AWOL Nation who is not aware? Well, I would say that AWOL Nation basically is Aaron Bruno. Aaron Bruno is AWOL Nation. He's kind of the Trent Reznor of the band. Uh, they do have a live touring band that they, you know, obviously go out with, but every bit of music, every song, lyric, every everything is done by Aaron Bruno. He is a wall nation. Here's a fun bonus fact for you guys, in case you weren't aware. I, I in looking them up a little bit uh, more in depth, I learned where the name came from. It was because he uh as a probably a teenager, I guess, earned the nickname AWOL because he had a reputation for just leaving without saying goodbye to people. <laughs> 
from events. <laughs> and so nice. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Why he turned that into an entire nation, I'm not sure. But it's a decent band name, so we'll roll with it. It's hard to believe that this is already their fourth album. Uh, I remember getting introduced to this band years ago. It, well, it feels like years ago, but it wasn't really that long ago. Uh, and their first single was Sail. I mean, that song right. kind of took the world by storm. Everybody knew that song. And it was, you know, it was just real simple, but it was a very catchy, just well put together song. It remains their biggest hit almost a decade later. Yes. And now f- four albums later, I, you know, I honestly think that this is probably one of their best albums they've put together. So this Angel Miners and Lightning Riders album, it uh, brought them back on the right track because uh, the Megalithic Symphony album, I feel like it's going to be kind of hard for them to top that album just from start to finish kind of thing. And then with their album before, uh, Here Come the Runts, I felt like that was their weakest album of the four. Megalithic Symphony, their their debut album, is by and far their best. And I, I have to agree that it's kind of been a downhill tread ever since that album. Uh, Run was decent. I, I liked it. It, it. Like the first couple songs really hooked you. And then it kind of started going a little bit. But there was, you know, there were still really good songs at the end of that album that, that kind of made it a whole complete album. But then here come the runs. I don't know. Like I, when that album came out, like the beginning of it was great. But then like towards the end, it just really trailed off. And there's a lot of stuff at the end of it that just wasn't good at all. So, yeah, I thought this was a huge, huge bounce back album. The entire album, maybe with the exception of the last two tracks, I thought was just excellent for uh, the new one, Angel Miners and Lightning Riders. So one of my things about albums, we've discussed the beauty of actually listening to an album start to finish before and how we are even in an age of singles and just getting plays for one song, we're believers in full albums. And one of my things at this point though, is that I do think that a lot of times they just go a little too long. They just have a little too much fluff and looking at reviews of their albums. Here come the runs and run were definitely received poorer overall reviews than the megalithic symphony. And this album, I look at the length here come the runs goes 14 tracks and is about 45 minutes long. So you can tell there's a little bit of padding in there. 45 minutes isn't an excessive length for an album, but it still should be good if it's going to be there. Whereas this album goes about 10 tracks and it's just under 40 minutes. So they don't try to go like classic rock album length. They're they're in and they're out with a lot of the tracks are pretty quick hitters. And I feel like that's a way to do it to minimize your fluff and which ultimately usually will lead to a better album. An album can be an hour plus long and still be great all the way through. But the longer you get, the harder it is to do that with. So you got to really be careful about what makes it and what doesn't. I completely agree with that because the last album especially was just very repetitive. They had a lot of kind of repetitive beats that and then it was just it was very kind of off tempo. It was really weird, to be honest. Yes, it was. There was not a lot of that in this album. No, and it flowed really well from one track into the next, I thought, for the most part we've mentioned it a thousand times already and we probably will continue to that there's something to be said for things flowing right and especially for something like this that's actually i would like you guys opinions on so awol nation i'm gonna call them a pop band it's hard to pin down a specific genre but most of their tracks are pretty accessible they're things that you could hear on the radio they would be i guess quote safe would be the word to use for a popular radio would that would you guys concur with that i would consider them pop rock more so because 
you know, pop, I, I really just associate that everybody is going to like it. And it's just it's going to be popular no matter what, because it's just everybody's going to like it. I don't think that everybody's going to like AWOL Nation when I when they first listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I could I could get with that, because if you look into even especially the lyrical content and stuff, some of that stuff isn't musically. I think that they're definitely quite accessible lyrically. You can tell this isn't a guy who's writing necessarily to get a top 40 hit. Yeah. That's not the style. There's a lot of introspection and a lot of reflection and, and struggling with kind of your, your personal demons, as they call it. And I can appreciate that for sure. Yes. <laughs> and actually, when I'm listening to to Angel Miners and Lightning Riders, you know, AWOL Nation doesn't cuss a ton. But when you're listening to the album and then all of a sudden uh, I was thinking to myself, you know, I haven't heard a whole lot of cuss words in this. and then. The last track comes on. <laughs> I'm like, he what is it? He closes it. Yeah. <laughs> he closes the album with a whole bunch of bombs. <laughs> I can speak to that a little bit. I don't know entirely. So what I gathered from reading through and kind of understanding Aaron Bruno in this album was that this album represents the struggle with a lot of the most difficult things that he says he's experienced in his life. And one of those was a the California wildfires that a couple of years ago burned down his recording studio and almost burned down his house as well. And so the Angel Miners and the Lightning Riders represent sort of this battle to retain sort of a positive outlook, I guess, in the midst of these challenges. And I think that closer track, I'm a Wreck, is is just kind of like that battle coming to a head is what it is what seemed to be sort of implied. So he, he gets pretty aggressive right at the end because it's just like, all right, it's going to hit the fan right now. So I'll be quite honest. I didn't know that this album was written because of his uh, re- recording studio and, and house burning down. Just the studio. But it was definitely he's mentioned that a number of times as an as sort of inspiration. I have to assume there was more as well that went into it. Because he just kind of says that, you know, this album was written during and about some of the most difficult things I've ever experienced. And he specifically called that out as one of those things, which would be a pretty traumatizing and difficult thing to have an element of your life vanish like that. Well, knowing that, that makes more sense of why I think this album is much better than previous albums. Because when you have inspiration, especially as an artist like Aaron Bruno that writes everything themselves, I think that when you have a muse or, a, you know, something that, that you actually want to write about, it just makes for better music, to be honest. Like, I've always think that artists that are inspired by a particular thing, they're just not writing stuff just to be writing stuff, tend to write better music. They say pain makes great art. So this would definitely be an example of that. Yes. I mean, there's definitely pain in that. So, I mean, everyone's opinion will differ. But if, if you consider this great art, then that's certainly where it came from. And that, I think you said it, that's perfect, uh, because one of my favorite albums, especially recently, was the Nothing More album called The Stories We Tell Ourselves. And this album is about basically an eight-year relationship that he had coming to an end, and apparently what was an, a nasty divorce, I think. Oof. And it just made for, I mean, as as crappy as that is for him to go through, it, it made for a fantastic album. It was <laughs> It was by far my, my favorite album of theirs and one of my favorite of, of all time, to be honest. A lot of the most famous albums and successful albums of all time are based on heartbreak. And so I think that definitely applies to to rock as well. Yeah, and one and some of the most famous songs as well. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what Tears in Heaven is written about. Absolutely. 
KC, what are some of your favorite tracks on this album? Well, I'm I'm a wreck is one of them just because uh, what I was saying earlier about the f bombs and and but uh, Dan, I don't know about you, but the best. It's a good song, but watching the All Star Game at your house and listening to it for a half an hour while all the players were being introduced uh, as they played like four bars of the song over and over and over kind of ruined it for me. <laughs> I actually have to agree with that completely. Every time I start the album, I have to skip the first track because I feel like I just know that song inside and out. Vladimir Tarasenko! As a side note, I want to put a pin in a topic to come back to on a future episode of discussing the best use of songs in sports. I want to talk about batter walk-up songs and like, <laughs> and so so we'll we'll put down AWOL Nation's the best for the NHL All Star Game as a bad use of a song, maybe. It was the way that they made them do it because they like instead of like just playing a track and maybe just looping the track, they were out there playing it live. But they decided that during the middle of their song, their brand new song that they're trying to debut, that they were going <laughs> to introduce both all star teams Ugh. and the women's Canadian and women's uh, three on three rosters. <laughs> yes, you are correct. It was literally like 25 minutes of. <laughs> that is a rough way to to have a song thrown out there that's for the record i want to I, since i'm the one who hasn't had that song ruined for me i will say that i am a sucker for a fast vocal delivery that he does on on some of these tracks and that the best has a pretty sweet beat and so it's a great song i'd call that top three or four on the album for me it was a good lead-in for the album if it hasn't been spoiled for you by uh, poor all-star game usage okay <laughs> I have one more note on I'm a Wreck to Casey's point. The way that that track ended became even funnier to me. If you go back and pay attention to the rest of the lyrics, it's also a track where he rhymes the line I'm a Wreck with the line What the Heck? Which, yes. to me, there's <laughs> great humor in using the softer word there and then saying what he says at the end. Yeah. That was fantastic. And I'm like, you, you either are a ridiculous lyricist or you're a very clever one for, for being deliberate with that. And so just a little respect for throwing that one in there. There was a couple of, of lines throughout the album that, that caught me as either entertaining, amusing, or, um, or in some cases actually just, just a pretty cool, pretty cool line to scribble on your, on your notebook. If you're a high schooler, you know what I'm saying? Which we are not, but in, in case I wanted to guys, don't judge me. <laughs> Do you even have a notebook? I have so many notebooks. I don't scribble on them. I scribble in them. Oh, don't worry about it. Now we're getting off track. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> and Aaron, I did. I wanted uh, your opinion on the uh, Pacific Coast Highway in the movies with uh, Rivers, because I kind of felt like that was kind of a complete departure from the album as a whole. Pacific Coast Highway in the movies. Uh, Kind of a cool title for a song. The note, the singular note that I wrote about that track in my notes was, it's a song. <laughs> so, bleh. That one didn't do much. I, 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 I didn't connect to that one. To me, it felt like a Weezer song. 
It did. Yeah, and Weezer makes enough songs of their own without hopping on other people's albums. As much as <laughs> we, we will go into in-depth discussion one day about Rivers and Weezer and stuff, and that will probably be one of our more disagreeable discussions, which is, sounds a lot of fun. <laughs> but for right now, I think we can agree that that just probably was one of the weakest ones on there. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I really felt that like after track seven, yeah, starting with Pacific Coast Highway, it wasn't bad, but it just like you said, it wasn't like the rest of the album. I thought the rest of the album was fairly strong. I didn't necessarily like the last three tracks on the album, but the rest of it was fantastic. One of my favorites was definitely Lightning Riders. And why is that? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Sometimes the song just catches you and you're like, I dig it. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's pretty much what it is. Like, I just I just really like the uh, the the chorus It hooked me. You know, most of their songs have a really uh, hooky beat. You know, it's like one of those things that just kind of gets stuck in your head. They do. And and this album, for one, I think that there's fatigue as you get to an end of an album. That's why it's important to be very careful what you put at the end, because sometimes it just can feel like filler. I'll come back to the song Half Italian, which I do want to talk about, and it was one of the last songs. But the four singles released from this album were called The Best. Slam was one, Mayday, and California Halo Blue, which are four of the five first tracks on the album. I've heard that called uh, Prominence of Place. You'll see this on a lot of albums, is that the songs that they want to release to radio or they want people to hear first, they usually put towards the beginning of an album especially when you're talking about things that, that like I said before, I, like they are pop music. And so that might make this one feel a little bit top heavy because I can definitely say that Slam and Mayday are a lot of fun. You just singled out Lightning Riders, which is track four. So between us, we've now covered the first five tracks as like quote, I guess, big ones from the album. And if you want some non-recommended listening, uh, go ahead and check out some Alex Ebert solo stuff as he's featured Oof. in uh, Mayday. Not a fan of Alex Ebert? Just look him up. <laughs> if you want to think that you're on acid while listening to some music, listen to some Alex Ebert. Are you saying you didn't like Mayday, or just he in general <laughs> is something else? No, no, no. Mayday sounds fine. No, he's, he just sounds like uh, the Bee Gees, so it's like really high-pitched stuff. And then... <laughs> I mean, he's perfect for for AWOL Nation because he he matches Aaron's voice and sometimes you can't even really tell the difference. So he's great on that track. But man, if you want to try to listen to some of his solo stuff, uh, look out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we've got we've got River who needs to keep his music elsewhere. Rivers. And uh, we've got Alex who maybe should keep his music with a wall nation and not do things elsewhere. That's what, is that where we're at? <laughs> so I'm going to go on record as saying that, that Mayday or Fiesta fever, as it were, is probably my second favorite track here. Super dancey. Uh, it probably would have been a decent opener if they didn't opt to go with the best. And a thing that repeats a couple times on this album that I love. And, and every time it happened, I wanted to hear more of is there is this, nasty guitar lick on the outro of that track so that happens on mayday and then they do it again on radical and kind of on i'm a wreck as well they they end really like hard and heavy and i'm like man i would love to hear an album where awol nation legitimately just rocks out where they kind of deliberately let go of some of those more like i don't know like electronic or dancey hip-hop whatever beats that you want to call it and just like runs with the guitar for a few songs I would enjoy hearing that because whenever he puts in some riffs, they are nice riffs. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I think that um, Radical is one of my favorites on the on the album as well because of that. It do, it does kind of get like you said, it has a heavy guitar lick. It does end very heavy. Radical had um, probably one of my favorite lyrics on the album for what it's worth, which was the line, my left ear's weak, but my voice is loud. My heart's broke, but my soul is proud. I was like, that's a nice rhyme right there. And also, <laughs> I wasn't aware, but maybe Aaron Bruno is partially deaf. I don't know. When someone says their left ear is weak, that's something hmm, tough to be a musician that way. But uh, people have done it before. So, yeah, some of the greatest musicians, actually. Exactly. I think that there's a, a higher energy remix of Radical that either does or should exist somewhere in the world. Because when I listened to it, I kept being like, I kind of like this. But there's something about the mix that I'm like, or the way that they organize the track where I'm like, I feel like there's something more here that they didn't quite catch. That they mostly got with that sweet guitar at the end. <laughs> Maybe one of my own personal homework assignments for the week will be to look and see if there are remixes of Radical out there somewhere that change it up a little bit. Still a solid track overall. Good addition to that that album. Aaron, you were mentioning about the track Half Italian. There was something that you wanted to uh, to say about it. I don't know if you mentioned that already or not. I like it. I think Aaron Bruno has a talent for vocal delivery. He Well, for one, he kind of has this like shouty style. Where a yes. lot of times that most feels like he's just yelling. Not screaming, but he's just kind of loudly expressing himself. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> One of the highlights on the album is his vocal delivery on the choruses of that, which is juxtaposed against the way that he yells the verses and, and each of those verses being this like sort of apologetic. The song is basically him saying he's sorry, but not sorry for how he is. Like one of the lines is I'm sorry, man, I'm half Italian. Right. And that's explaining his behavior. He's like, this is, but he's not really apologizing. It's just like, that's, that's who I am. You know, you're bothered by that. Well, that's a problem. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, man. I'm half Italian. <laughs> so I kind of, I kind of dug the music on it and the message of that one. I found that one entertaining and definitely one of the highlights for me. That was a good track to put towards the back. I would say, whereas Dan mentioned that he felt that there was a drop off near the end of it in quality, I kind of think that there was a pretty decent balance throughout the album of the songs I would consider the strongest and the weakest, kind of interweaving amongst each other, which helps keep my attention as I'm listening to an album. If you lose me for multiple songs in a row, you might not get me back by the end of the album. I'm probably done. Yeah, I thought I had a good mix of keeping your attention. They just generally bring a ton of energy. I feel like a lot of their songs just have a bunch of up-tempo vibe, and that's pretty much how they perform as well. And I felt that that was not really prevalent in their last album exactly. But this whole album has tons of energy throughout the whole thing. So, mm. If you want to look up the track that most clearly references the, the fire, California Halo Blue is the one he talks about in an interview about that song, about how he kind of had this vision, what he's referencing is this vision of this like protective halo of water, like saving everyone and their, and their stuff from the fire. So hence this, this like halo blue thing. And so that one's kind of where he discusses that. I would probably disagree with that as a single choice. Yeah. They may have been able to find a better track as a single, but they can't all be winners. Or as Primus would say, they can't all be zingers. Was that that? <laughs> yes. Was that their album? Yeah. I'm gonna start using that on a regular basis. Remind me to do that. <laughs> 
Okay, so so we talked about the Lightning Riders. We did not talk about the Angel Miners per se. So the track Slam. Slam. Slam, which I'm going to say is probably my favorite. Bruno himself says it's sort of the heart of the album. It's that where that battle between good and evil kind of kind of forms. It's interesting to me is it it sort of has the same vibe as Sail for the first minute or so. It's sort of kind of this slow build to it. And then all of a sudden it just turns into this nasty bass and beat <laughs> and that continues for the rest of the track. And from that point on, it was one of those tracks where like the first time I listened to it, my nose kind of curled in a good way. I'm like, mm, that is nasty. I love it. <laughs> so I don't know how y'all felt about that, but that was my reaction to slam and the introduction of those pesky little angel miners. Yeah. I, I like the upbeat tempo of like the first four tracks or so it flowed really nicely into one another i thought slam was released as the fourth single actually from that album they started releasing singles back in november with the best and they released slam in march if i were being the a and r guy or whatever for this album i probably honestly would have led with slam i think that might have been your strongest lead-in plus it might have prevented that all-star game debacle with the best (laughs) i'll do everyone a favor Also, you know, this album just came out in April. The best in California, Halo Low Blue were released in November. So it's, there's also a degree to which, yeah, they're going to want radio play and things like that, but they're also sort of more teasers for the album as well. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is not every single is created equal on purpose. Sometimes you're just putting something out there to give people an idea of what to expect. And so I don't know the context of each of those releases per se. I will say that when they, they dropped Mayday and Slam after that, to me, as far as releasing singles goes, that's where you started kicking it into gear for this album. I think since you're going to name the album Angel Miners and Lightning Riders, it would have made sense to kind of release those songs back to back. And I, I don't know if there was a purpose behind that, but I did feel like those two songs kind of complemented each other. It was really weird how Mayday was in the middle of it. But <laughs> yeah, I, you're right. I do like the beat from Angel Miners, but I think that's kind of why I I like Lightning Riders as well. It's just there's something in there that just drew me in. And he's singing that really high kind of falsetto, Mm -hmm. which complements Slam because it's more of like a low tone song. If there isn't already, maybe we'll get lucky and they will release like a vinyl, a seven inch vinyl that is Slam on the A side and Lightning Riders on the B side would be pretty cool. (laughs) That's what I think of. I'm like, it's record store day. That's what we should get. (laughs) They do complement each other for sure. And obviously being the duo of title tracks as it were how often has that been done because i don't i can't honestly think of too many albums off the top of my head where they were named after two song two different songs on the album two different songs yeah that's a great question if anybody listening wants to chime in and let us know about that that would be great to hear maybe we'll even talk about those albums i can't think of any either off the top of my head yeah i can't either i'm sure it's been done but i just i can't think of any so where would you guys say you, you put this overall um, of the four albums that AWOL Nation has released? We're going to put it at number two, probably. Yeah, probably. Probably number two. Yeah, I agree with that. Megalithic Symphony seems to be a, f- a fairly clear cut number one. And shoot, I mean, I still I still get excited when I hear like Kill Your Heroes or something like that from that album. Like that's a that's some quality business right there. Or Burn It Down. Yeah, every song off that album, like even Jump on My Shoulders is one of my favorites. It's it's a good album. It was a great introduction to the world for that band. I could see why they became a big deal. Angel Miners after that, and then Run and Here Come the Runs kind of 
uh, at least one notch behind, maybe a couple notches behind. Yes. All right. I also want to real quick discuss <laughs> somebody who's OCD, something that bothers the crap out of me about their name is that they capitalize everything. <laughs> I don't I don't quite get it, it, but it does it drives me nuts because everything that I have, I want to mirror how the artist does it and for whatever reason AWOL Nation's name is always all on capitalization and it drives me nuts. As a as an editor, does that bother you? Um not a ton. When it comes to artists, I kind of like stylization. AWOL Nation I can understand in that now that I know where it came from, because AWOL in itself is an an acronym. Yeah. And it so so by nature it's going to be all caps. I, to me, it might be weirder if they just capitalized that and left the nation lowercase. I think I might have more of an issue with that because it would just look weird. So I think they were just like, eh, let's just roll with it. It's, it's an artistic choice that sometimes bands do. So take a band like Korn, who stylizes their name with a backwards R most of the time. Sometimes I've noticed in writing, if a source can't, for whatever reason, make the backwards R, they'll just capitalize the R. And so the band is written with this kind of corn. Like, <laughs> I don't know how you want to do that, but, or, or it's like, you know, trying to imitate a psycho ty- on a typewriter, how every other letter <laughs> is capitalized. I mean, that is corn's font. So here's my question to you. This is where I, I could see it getting annoying. Does AWOL nation do the all caps thing on everything or just their own band name? No, just the band name. As far as I know. Yeah. Okay. It's just the band name. It, it doesn't bother me too much is, is the short answer to your question, but there are instances where it could, depending on how it's used. It bothers me because like, especially when I have a folder, for instance, that like we, I have an unedited music folder and an edited music folder for our radio show. But just like looking at our unedited folder, everything is, it's, you know, like I said, I'm OCD. Everything's perfect. It's, it's gorgeous looking. <laughs> And then immediately a nation sticks out because it's all capitalized. It's the only, <laughs> only band that is capitalized in my folder. And it, it, it just drives me bonkers. I know I can change it, but <laughs> what happens is, you know, whenever it updates, it'll just change it back. Oh, I was going to say that's on one hand, that's where you just got to decide. Do I want accuracy or do I want my own peace of mind? And you may have to just be like, I don't care if they capitalize it. I'm not stylizing it like that. On the other hand, I could see when I'm if you're looking through your your music and it's just like, why you got to be so loud, AWOL Nation, like trying to scream for my attention when everybody else just stood in line like a good band and you're over here like, AWOL Nation! And that's what I picture every time Aaron Bruno just screaming out, AWOL Nation! Yeah. (laughs) That's inescapable and that's why that's sometimes annoying. It's like anything that's all caps looks like yelling. So this this band that put three exclamation points after the word Mayday in... uh, in that Fiesta song. Yeah. It feels like they should put those exclamation points after their band name. <laughs> They're just yelling a lot. So I don't know. Calm down a little bit. Well, nation, it's okay. It's funny too. Cause you would think that it'd cause us to play them a little bit more since their name's all on capitalization, <laughs> but it, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. Cause you're annoyed with them. <laughs> Somewhat. Like, he's like, I'm not going to play them out of spite <laughs> <laughs> until they learn to stop capitalizing everything. So here's here's one bonus point as we talk about the ranking of their albums. Here come the runs. On the cover of that, only the A is capitalized. 
whether that album was that good or not, at least you got that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was my least favorite of their albums, to be honest. Well, that's where its points come from. I think the cover of that album is just kind of odd. It's so, so far of a left turn visually from all the rest of their albums. It just, it seems like it was a different band. It does. I would say that for as strange as it is, this is something I'd like to dig into on some albums a little more sometime. As strange as it is, I think Angel Miners is my favorite visual cover of theirs. I don't entirely understand it, aside from it seems to be that the Angel Miners are on the left and the Lightning Riders are on the right. It's kind of this head that's split, like kind of a two-faced thing going on. But I think it's kind of a cool visual effect. The colors are nice. It's a solid album cover. You know, another thing that I appreciate about this album is uh, I've mentioned in a couple of podcasts before, I'm still a CD person. The book that comes with the CD actually has some fantastic artwork in it. It's by uh, Cole Alexander Higgins. It is incredible. There's definitely something to be said for quality album art, even in a day of digital streams and downloads. And we mentioned it before with the Pearl Jam album, too. We can have a lot of respect for bands that don't forget that and that that make it a more complete experience than just here's an audio track. When the crazy thing is, is the pocket that the book goes into inside even has artwork on the inside of it. Very nice. You can't really see it, but it's in there. <laughs> he got paid for it. He's like, I want paid by the page. I don't care if we're, what you do with it. Just let me get this. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. All right. So to wrap it up, we've decided that AWOL Nation's Angel Miners and the Lightning Riders ranks probably as the second best album in their discography. All right, to you guys, KC, recommended listening, favorite track from this album? I'm a wreck. The last track on the album. Dan, what are you thinking? Mine would be Lightning Riders. Uh, I don't know. It's just the whole song is about burning bridges, and what can I say? I'm I'm good at that. (laughs) (laughs) And because Lightning Riders shouldn't be left alone, I'm going to recommend Slam with the aforementioned parenthetical Angel Miners in the title as my recommended listening. So that's your flavor of the week, AWOL Nation. We've said the title a thousand times, and I'm tired of talking about it. Do you guys have any other recommended listening? Yeah, actually, I do. As I've mentioned before in one of the previous podcasts, I've been enjoying listening to live concerts, since we obviously can't go to concerts, and I'm feeling a lot... uh, I'm missing all of that stuff. I've been watching a lot of concerts. My my family has been watching a lot of concerts and my children love it. They're two and four, my little boys, and they get really into it. They got little instruments and they start playing along and drumming along with the people up on the screen. The Itch's favorite band has been skinned red for quite some time for many reasons. We obviously love lots of bands, but that just kind of tends to be our, our favorite that we always lean to and, and, and state as our favorite. And it's currently my son's favorite band, my four-year-old son. He is absolutely loving Skinned Red. And so anytime we watch a concert, he's always wanting to watch Skinned Red. So my recommended listening for this week would be Skinned Red's Doom Riff off of Union Black. Uh, Seeing that song live was just incredible. I wish I could see them live. They have not been to the States in so long. Uh, and every time I get to hear anything off Union Black, that's it's just it is my favorite album of theirs. And, and I would Doom Riff is one of my favorite songs. So that's what I would recommend. Casey, you have one. <laughs> I was listening to uh, AWOL Nation's album on my computer with the 10 tracks. And then I decided to listen to it off of YouTube. And in between the last two tracks, they apparently covered 
the cars drive. So I will recommend uh, the cover of Drive by AWOL Nation. And I will recommend a, a new old song by Tenacious D. There was a, a live quarantine concert and Black and Gas played a song that they apparently originally came up with in like the 90s. It's called Five Needs. It's a charming track. And so that's not something I can say about many Tenacious D songs because most of them are quite the opposite of charming. <laughs> it's it's a good little song and it was it's a very appropriate and kind of comforting, oddly comforting for the time that we're going through right now. So that's the itch's recommended listening for this week. And this is a rare time, I think, when before we sign off, we can actually give a, a little bit of a preview for next week. So on June 6th is the 25th anniversary of Primus album Tales from the Punch Bowl. And while Skin Dread is our favorite band as a unit, Primus is one of the original and defining bands that, that sort of led to the creation and inspired this show. And so we want to do them a bit of a service by instead of necessarily reviewing a new album, we'll kind of discuss Primus quite a bit, particularly Tales from the Punch Bowl. I have a very strange memory of it myself that we'll go into mildly more detail on and uh, we'll go from there. So it'll be fun. We'll have some actual Primus Timus on the Rock Matters podcast and hopefully that will be enjoyable. In the meantime, if uh, you have any feedback, feel free to leave that. Um, We appreciate reviews on Apple Music and anywhere else, Podchaser, wherever reviews exist. As I may or may not have mentioned in any notes. If you have negative feedback, we do welcome that as well, though we would personally encourage you to send it directly to us instead of putting that public. That way we can both learn and grow our audience without the former taking away from the latter. The plus of getting reviews and ratings on places is that it makes your show more visible, especially when you're new. So that's a little bit of podcast education that if you're familiar with podcasts in general, I'm sure you've heard a dozen people say you can also check out our Spotify playlist that'll be linked to that is updated with new tracks from this episode, including a number of the ones that we mentioned. You can check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash itchrocks, I T C H R O C K S. You could also email us at itchrocks at Gmail. And contrary to what we said before, we may have further social media developing soon. It's a work in progress. We can only do so much with our time, <laughs> including websites and all sorts of stuff. All sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's really awesome to see how the itch is expanding the way it is and, and how quickly it can expand as well. We're excited and we hope people want to, you know, expand that horizon with us. Yep. So thank you very much for listening. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And we are the itch. Until next time, rock on. Mm, that is nasty. I love it. <laughs>